Welcome back to That Rugby Podcast, uh, brought to you by the Sports Booth. Myself, Husey, we're here today. The Crusaders do it again. Can we, can we say, look, I don't predict a lot right, there's no doubt about it, but the one game I did say that <laughs> was going to go the Crusaders' way, they pulled it out. Of course. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah, it is classic Crusaders-style performance, winning in controversy, you know, Benefiting from bribing the ref and everything like that. <laughs> da, da, da. Look, it's just, it's it is it is the Crusaders. You know, as the Crusaders through, through, they come up in the clutch. They know how to win. They know how to win finals. They know how to win it in hostile territory. Um, I will say the Chiefs put up a bit of a better fight than what the Blues did last year, uh, <laughs> as well. And they they were in the game. Um, but you know, I think uh, I looked at the game with like 50 minutes to go. It was Chiefs 20, Crusaders 15. And I was just like, it's not a big enough lead. There's too much time left, you know? And so it was, it's like the, it's like, they're like the Tom Brady, you know, just like if you give me, if you give him two minutes into the ball, you're going to lose. And that's yeah. what it was with the Crusaders here. You give him a sniff and they'll take a damn mile, you know, like mm-hmm. they, and it was so Crusader. Give him a sniff and he'll take a line. <laughs> <laughs> that was so Crusader, like absolutely yep. the most Crusader thing. I actually watched watching the full game and I was sitting there and I was like, Chiefs look good, man, for as many penalties as they were willing to give away. And I know mm. people have been at Ben O'Keefe, but most of the penalties that he called were penalties. Yep. Like there wasn't <clears throat> and I think I think a big thing that needs to be said is actually he sets himself up early with how he had to ref that game. And one of the mm. rules that I quite hate is the rolling away rule. I've got no problem with players when they don't roll away getting penalised. Mm. It's when they get physically stuck, like they there is yeah. no opportunity for them to roll away. And he called a couple of those early against the Chiefs. And so then he was forced into calling every single one of that where if you got stuck, it was now a penalty and not roll, uh, not rolling away. Yeah. So that's why the whistle probably went so many times and just unfortunate. The Chiefs found themselves in those positions. When you're making more tackles... Like the Chiefs were making, you're going to end up in in those positions, and I think that's what happened. Um, saying that, there was a, a pretty big incident in the game where, yeah. uh, looking at it, Anton Leonard Brown's yellow card, which actually has been sent to, I think it was like whatever the judiciary or the yeah. incident law, and was read card worthy. Mm. I don't mind that it was a yellow card, to be honest, because because especially just those incidents, I understand we've got to stay away from head contact and stuff, but when players comes at that speed there was a slight slight dip from Dallas McLeod and it's head on head contact I always kind of go it's not shoulder to the head it's not shoulder it was you don't no one intentionally tackles with their head so I'm always a bit more skeptical of those but within the rules it could have been a red Uh, Mm. I'm kind of glad it wasn't um, definitely didn't ruin the game but just another one to kind of show you how important it is to stay with 15 men on the field and how that could affect Rugby World Cup, I mean, twice. Two yellow cards, I believe it was, mm. for the Chiefs. And, you know, you lose the game by five points. That extra man on those for those two times. I know I don't think they scored many points during those time, Crusaders. But it still, it makes a difference with fatigue and everything like that. It is, yeah. It's, it's always unfortunate to see cards in a final. Um, yeah, I believe there was a Sam Kane yellow card in there at some point yeah. as well. Yep. Um, and... It just, yeah, that was, I think, with nine minutes to go. So the Crusaders were going to close. It, it, it takes away, I think it just takes away so much from the game. Ten minutes, the last ten minutes of the game, you just knew what was going to happen. Like, there was no way the Crusaders were going to, uh, so the Chiefs were going to, well, there's no way the Crusaders were going to let in a try when the opponent was shortchanged. Um, I think the Chiefs did a really good job to 
not really concede many points after that. I think they, you know, still held it down pretty well, but I think they would have been very disappointed with the outcome of the game, the Chiefs, um, after what a fantastic year they had. And yeah, I mean, they came bloody close. As I said, they looked better than what the Blues did last year. They really put up a fight, but it's it's the Crusaders, it's Razor and Moonga. Um, it's an unbeatable combination. I mean, look at the last four or five years of Super Rugby. It's that's how many. In, and how many in a row? Times. Yeah, but, but in a row, I'm talking about they've won. I think I don't seven. think it's seven in a row. But seven in a, seven row. in a row. But well, there was there was they, they didn't win the the Trans Tasman one. They, were, they didn't make the final of the Trans Tasman one, but they won the ATRO one in, in 2021 or whatever it was when we yeah when we had COVID. So they won a title in that year. They won the New Zealand version, but they didn't win the Trans Tasman one. But other than that, it's seven in a row. And yeah, even, yeah, yeah. If you're counting the 20, no, if you if so it's seven in a row if you include 2020 and 2021. If you don't, if you're saying they won those, which yeah. I don't know if you can or not, but otherwise it's five in a row. Yeah. So they 2017, 2018. Comps. Yeah, 2017, 18, 19, not 20, not 21, and then 22 and 23 they have. Which so nothing. Now these the last I, two. I just want to as well. I want to put this out there just quickly before you go on. There's been 26. Uh, Champions of Super Rugby, the Crusaders have won twelve of them, nearly fifty percent. We are we, we are in the conversation of just about best sports club in the world. Like, yeah. you can sit there and say, like, you know, you got your Barcelona's, your Manchester United's, but no one's been as successful as that the Crusaders have, and constantly win it. The last two years are just so impressive to me because they've gone away yeah. from home and won finals away from home. Haven't been the best team all year because they obviously, by playing away from home in the final. But they've come here, lost to the Chiefs twice this year. And that's what everyone kept asking me, obviously, the the resident New Zealander at rugby training. And it's like, who's going to win? And I go, you don't beat the Crusaders three times in a year. You just don't do yeah. it. You don't do it. So it is what it is. It's another season where every other team sits there and goes, how do we become the Crusaders? Mm. Going to be a hella interesting 2024, I must say. Is the Crusader dynasty now over? Obviously losing Razor, picking up a new coach, losing Richie Mwonga, new first five to be in there. Uh, they're very young coaches around. I think it's Penny, was that was his name, uh, the yeah. former Waratahs Rob, coach. Rob Penny, yeah. Yeah, who didn't have a successful spell there, but had a successful spell in the ITM Cup or the NPC with yeah. the uh, Canterbury team. So it's going to be interesting. Like I don't think as much as... The Crusaders will still be in there and competitive. I don't think they go in as favourites next year. I really don't. No, I think you'd be looking towards uh, probably the Chiefs, I guess, just because of where they finished on the ladder as as the favourites going into next year. And I mean, you could, hear, you could hear arguments all over the park, really. It'd be, it's so up in the air. Uh, there'll be high expectations on the Waratahs again. Will they live up to them? Maybe. I think uh, Darren Coleman... He got a grace year this year for things. Next year, it, definitely bigger expectations. And then you, you could see some coaching movement if he doesn't live up to those expectations next year. I am so interested about the Australian rugby landscape with uh, mm. Super Rugby teams. Western Force have had a hell of a recruitment drive. Yeah, and you know, Rebels just, as well. That's the, And the Rebels, you know, look at their team with Tanela Tupo, Matt Gibbon, and Jordan Uese in that front row. You just go, gosh. Then they've picked up. Someone, his, someone else. Yeah, someone else has gone down there recently, haven't they? The lot uh, just came back from overseas. What was his name? Um, 
shit, that's bad of me. It's because I can't pronounce it. Um, oh, they also got uh, Felipe Dalgunu, the winger. Yeah, he just signed, yes. Who was the lock one. who's just gone there? Uh, uh, good question. Uh, oh, Rodder. No, 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 no. no? I'm going to get it. Uh, Luke, Lucan Salakai Lotto. The, oh, he used to play okay, for the yeah. Reds. And, yes, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he used to play for the Reds, went overseas, and then he's come back, signed with the Rebels. I just sit there and I go, man, look, you know, you had Lockie Anderson put his hand up, then you've got Dangunu on one wing, you've got Callaway mm. probably going to be at the fullback there, Carter Gordon playing really well. So that Rebels mm. team's looking hot. Then you've got, goddamn, like you said, the force with Ben Donaldson signed, Will Harris just signed. Um, and then you've got the Reds. Nick White as well, Nick White. Nick White signed, yeah, exactly. So there's been a big spread of talent next year for those two teams that missed out from Australia yeah. in the finals. Even the Waratahs next year are going to get uh, Suali'i in there, uh, right? Uh, you're going to have Angus Bell back helpful, uh, healthy, hopefully. You know, fingers crossed for that. Who's <laughs> a huge part of that team, like huge, huge part of that team. You know, no hooper, but still a really skillful back row. Uh, Will Harris has gone to the Western Force, so that's another really good pickup for them because yep. yeah, he's sitting in a very stacked uh, loose forward room there at the Waratah, so a good, better chance for him there. And the Brumbies are going to continue to be just the class of uh, Australian Super Rugby, you know? Like, Nick White's going short, but they've got uh, Lonergan in there ready to take the reins. Um, you know, they, they've got lots of good players there, so they're going to continue to be the force that they're going to be. So, I mean, yeah, it could be, you know, some exciting exciting stuff for Super Rugby Australia next year. And I think the fact that there's going to be some talent leaving for New Zealand Super Rugby will help that as well. But, you know, it is still it, – it would be hard to say that any Australian team would be the front runner for Super Rugby Pacific next year. I think you're still looking in New Zealand for your, for your likely winner. Totally. But I think, yeah, like you said, I think it'll be really interesting with the exodus that you get after a – Rugby World Cup watch, um, Super Rugby team actually stands up and mm. puts their name, um, I guess, up in the lights. Uh, I think we're going to have a very even competition um, next year. So a lot to look forward to. For. Um, yeah. A lot of talks, obviously, about a draft and trade system. Uh, mm. I know just recently Steve Hansen and Graham Henry, um, two kind of old dogs you wouldn't expect it from, were very positive with the thinking of that happening. And I think we are getting closer to that. And I think Super Rugby as a whole has to be the first one to take that step, I think. if Again, we look at like something like Magic Round, which is now Super Round, and then there's Gather Round. You can copy the other codes and it can work. But Mm -hmm. the ones who did it first, it's worked best for with Rugby League, which they obviously took it from the Super League having their round over there. I think AFL's was just an even worse flop than Super Rugby's, wasn't it? I have no idea. From my understanding, it was pretty pretty bad. I I just brought up. Maybe maybe I'm just hearing. Yeah, oh, there you go. That that, that kind (laughs) of does as well. But, yeah, um, so I think if they're going to be the ones to do it, they've got to be first. They've got to take the initiative, take the ball by the horn type thing. Um, yeah. and set it up. I think our competition is best suited to it, um, to be honest, because uh, as long as we're willing to open up teams and play, as long as you play in the Super Rugby competition, you qualify for your country. I think it's just, it's the mm-hmm. right time, it's the right mix. It needs to be 
it's got to basically be an overhaul of the whole super rugby system really so you need to have a salary cap and it needs it needs to become more of a franchise model like your NRL or like your uh NFL right where all the every team's got salary cap uh the draft the talent could go anywhere um you know i think there is something to be said for um, homegrown talent and things like that. And I think they've got to figure out a way to do that in there for player development and things like that. Uh, you know, because, you know, imagine if you're the Waratahs, you've got this wonderkind Max Jorgensen coming through your system and then he's poached by the Western Force in the draft or something like that. So I think they've got to work something out with that because that is a huge part of it. And I know that, w- I th- yeah, that would be... That could be really, really rough. Um, but yeah, you know, a fully published salary cap system where and player salaries are known and things like that. I think that's a really that, that's a huge part of reporting in the NFL. So it's a lot of media attention there as well. Um, totally. And you know, trades and things like that are, are great as well. Totally. I mean, you know, maybe with the homegrown talent thing, maybe it becomes a case of well, if you want to keep your homegrown talent, kid, you've just got you've got to trade a lot of draft capital for it. You know, I think it's. It's the, where it's different to NFL is that uh, you, the NFL, they don't have direct lower level feeding teams. So it all comes from the college system, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, you may have somewhere where you want to go, but it's, you know, it's it's not quite the same as when you're brought up through like the Waratahs junior system. But I guess what will, a lot will move to is instead of these rip teams that are under 16 and under 18s, it'll be, you know, you you play at your college and then you get drafted into that and then you'll play in the under twenties for said players uh, yeah. for said development and then there'll be more scouting going around you know colleges and more scouting around that so look I, I like the idea I think yeah like you said there's definitely got to be some consideration to it but we are a, we are a competition with not a great deal of history to base it off clubs like this is not a club based yeah. system it is a franchise we have to use the American model. And, and as the article that uh, I sent to you says, is the the talk of the town at the moment is Victor Wimbanyana um, mm-hmm. from San Antonio Spurs, some French kid playing basketball who has yet to step on an NBA court is the talk of the sporting world at the moment. So, you know, I can't see that not being a bad thing when we do look into something like that with rugby. Yeah, it's, it's the same with the, the NFL drafts as well, right? You know, like the 2022 NFL draft, um, or oh, sorry, the, the 2021 NFL draft was all about Trevor Lawrence, right? Yep. He said definitely the number one overall pick, definitely number one overall pick. This year, it was, is it going to be Bryce Young or CJ Stroud? You know, which of these two are going to go to the top? Maybe you get something like that coming through with Super Rugby. You know, like this year you have Max Jorgensen and uh, whatever that back rower is that you're frothing over at the Hurricanes, right? Like, like, okay. Yep. There you go. You yep. just... Who, which is, who's going to be the number one pick? The two young guys coming through. You know, you can have definitely stuff like that. Totally. Um, and yeah, there's there's lots of opportunities uh, for that to make some inter- very interesting storylines. Totally. On to your Wallaby squad, my friend. Yes. Thirty six man squad, thirty three man squad with rehab groups, and then mm-hmm. you had some out injured, and then you had train on, and you had a well Australian A squad yep. selected. So, look, first. Sights of it, a really interesting squad, a very interesting squad, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. Five overseas players selected in that squad. So the three, I yeah. believe it was, was Skelton, 
Karevi uh, Kurebeti, and then dispensation given to Quaid and Richie Arnold was Richie Arnold. what I'm hearing yeah. from the sources. Um, but yeah. yeah, my friend, as a Wallabies fan, what do you make of Eddie's first squad? I think it's it's really I think Will Skelton being in there is the thing I'm most excited for. You know, um, I think that's a, a really really great move. I think it's interesting that he has got a couple of players down in what is called his utility position, right? Where they where he's um, I think it's Josh Kameni, Dylan Peach, and Ben Donaldson yeah. are his utilities, right? Which is so they could cover forward and back positions. So Dylan Peach has played back row in his juniors days. Um, and he's a former sevens player. So he's, we know he's Mr. Versatile. Kameni, I think the comments around him were very interesting that he's someone that Eddie Jones believes has the ability to play wing if there's a dire injury or something like that. That leads me to believe that he's going to go with a, uh, that Kameni, Peach, and Donaldson, one of those three is going to definitely be on the bench, right? I would say this stage probably Peach. Yeah. From what I understand, May or Kameni, and I think Donaldson's sort of, Maybe the odd man out out there, um, the, and the, and and go with maybe a more forward pack heavy, um, especially bench. for that first. And day. but 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 he with he but he's saying that they've got the ability to play in the backs there. I mean, looking at the for, the forwards have got me excited because of this dispensation, right? So you, you think of a potential front row of Angus Bell, Parecki, Tupo if they're all healthy, right? Um, I think although I think Bell's in the rehab group, but you yes. have Tupo's back definitely you got Parecki and and probably Alatoa right would be the other uh starting prop I'm assuming I've got my props right around no, you there don't. I might be no, you don't. no you then don't. it's gonna be slipper slipper yes. be slipper and slipper and Tupo um and Parecki then um I think they'll probably start the Aliatoa ca- though I reckon they'll start Aliatoa slipper yeah. and uh Parecki just as you've said it but I think Tupo definitely will be off the bench for 20 yeah one of the yeah, well, I, I, yeah. Slipper, Slipper will definitely start because he's one of the captains, right? They've got the double captain system, so I would imagine that means he's starting. Um, I, I think it'll mean uh, yeah, and they then, can definitely rotate one of those without having to. They, there's no expectation to select Hooper with dual captains. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be the the, the way he's done. Yeah, and then you know, second rowers. I would say you start Skelton and Nick Frost or Richie Arnold. Probably, you know, either or. Loose forwards, you know, Hooper would be one of them. Uh, I could see Holloway being the six and Valentini at the eight, right? That's a pretty good and versatile forward pack right yep. there, you know? There's not many, many holes there. The second row, which is, you know, been a hole for us, is with Skelton suddenly becomes a position of strength. Yeah. You know, backs... In terms of who's starting where, uh, I would think Cooper is in the driver's seat for the starting ten spot totally. with Carter Gordon as the as the second man up. Um, you know, Noel Olasio, I think is. I mean, he's not he's not mentioned here as far as I can see. So I think he's it's an early indication that he Eddie hasn't been impressed enough with him. Um, Nick White probably is starting nine. Yeah. Uh, and Tate McDermott off the bench, I would imagine. Um, I think Lonergan's there for cover. I think McDermott provides more excitement towards the back end of a game. Um, you know, and then probably Carter Gordon will do the same thing with Quay Cooper, will come off the bench and, and take that position. And I imagine those will be probably the two backs that they carry on the bench. And then the rest might be forwards because then uh, like a Kameni, he's saying could cover wing. He would be the cover outside back, I guess, yeah. you know? 
Totally. Um, uh, and then, you know, your wingers, you'd have Korobedi on one wing, Nwanga Nitawase on the other wing, maybe Vunavalu. Um, he's been included in the squad. It seems like Eddie Jones really likes Suliasi Vunavalu. Yeah. Right? Tom Wright's probably your fullback. And then centers, I'd say, uh, Fiketi and Ikatao. Yeah, yeah. If if that's right, totally. If that rehab group isn't actually available to play, then yeah, yeah that 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 makes your team. And you've got Reese Hodge potentially at fullback for if they want to go height over yeah. um, Tom Wright, which we talked heavily about last year. Uh, come this time when you're playing that South African team, we know what to expect. They're big. They're going to tackle yeah. hard. They're going to put a lot of high balls up. Um, so Reese Hodge, I don't think will be it, too it, far it away. Did, it did work at game one last year. Totally it worked did. At game one last and year. And I think when you're yeah. going to South Africa, um, I think the last time I believe if my research is correct in my video I just recently dropped was 2011 that you won in South Africa. So it's been a long time between drinks. Yeah. You're going to need a big squad, which you've got, and. Yeah, good at high balls, which you know, Kordobeti maybe not his 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 win, but if you go Vunivalu or no no one, fuck I fucked it, Marky Mark, um, <laughs> there you yeah. go, uh, and Reese Hodge at the back, you, you're pretty safe with those either of those three options. So look, yeah, I'm fascinated re- to see yeah, who he selects. I, fullback is my it's is still fullback is my position of concern for for the Wallabies now. You know, I don't think Quaid it is. Carter Gordon, if Callaway is fit. Yes. Because no, I think Callaway... No, you, you, you've read my mind. Yeah. If Callaway's fit, like that rehab group has so much potential yep. in there. Like you look at oh, yeah. Angus Balcarevi, I think Lange Gleeson in there, Pattaya yep. in there, um, and... Karevi, uh, and Callaway. Yeah, so, Karevi and Callaway. Yeah. Two Ks, yeah. It's, yeah, look, you know, if Samu Karevi's fit, he takes the inside centre position. If Callaway's fit, he takes the full back position. Right? If Angus Bell's fit, he takes one of the prop positions, either bench or starting, right? Probably bench. I'd imagine he... I imagine the ro- they're going to have a rotation where it's Alatoa and Slipper together and then Bell and Tupo together. Because Bell and Tupo, as I mentioned in the last podcast, have been rehabbing together, work out together, forming chemistry together. Alatoa and Slipper obviously played a f- full ro- Super Rugby season yeah. uh, together as well. Um, I wouldn't even be surprised then if we have... Uh, if we if we even have Parecki on the bench and they start... Um, start another hooker just to keep Parecki with, with Bell. I mean, I guess they haven't played the season together. The season too much, I, yeah. I don't know. It'll be, I'll be really yeah. interesting to knows, see. But it's very yeah, interesting. That yeah. hooker reserve as well. Like I think Parecki's your standout hooker, like didn't put a foot wrong ever yeah. since he's put on a gold jersey. Um, the only foot wrong he's yeah. put that wrong is an injury and you can't, he can't do yeah. much to solve that. So look, that first squad, and even like I've said it, I know uh, I just, I just made a video about all of the squads as well. Um, it's going to be really interesting because South Africa have pretty much got two separate squads um, going to New Zealand and yeah. one get, is playing Australia. So all of these squads that you see, I imagine Eddie Jones is thinking the same thing, like let's get some of these combinations going. What have I actually got here in uh, yeah. Wallabies jersey? Same with Argentina, same with New Zealand. So look, it's going to be a hell of interesting. That's what he said as well, is he said that this isn't the Rugby World Cup squad. This is the Rugby Championship squad and we're building towards a Rugby World Cup squad. Which is yeah, it's great, and yeah, I, I didn't realize at first that he got the dispensation for the for the extra two players. I think that's terrific. Rugby Australia, finally you've done something right, you know. <laughs> and I think five is a good number. Like you could see, that just the difference that five makes just makes it 
that much different. And he's still got 29 other players that are playing in Australia. Like, and, that's a really good ratio. And and what I like to, to think about this is, if you look at the dispensation they've given, think about it, what position they've given it in. Lock and yeah. first five. Now, if you were to select another locked, the next lock up, probably Cater Neville, a 35-year-old who's yeah. what played a handful of games. So not like you're kicking a young gun out of that spot. In the first five spot, Noah Lolosio, who's had a chance to prove himself, has had a chance to put his hand yeah. up, hasn't taken it. So it's not like these dispensations that they've given are at an effect to someone younger coming up or who hasn't had an opportunity already. Like It's just very smart. It's smart rugby from Rugby Australia, and you don't yeah. often see it. I, I, <laughs> you have given opportunities to young guys here. Like Nick Frost is very young. He's only had one year in the gold jersey. He's exactly. still getting a shot here. Ryan Lonergan's still uh, getting a shot here. You know, Even Ben Donaldson and Mark... Marky Mark are getting shots here, and they're quite young guys. Carter Gordon, right? There's lots of debutants in this uh, in this lineup as well. And I just ran in the numbers. Uh, it's an 85% Super Rugby squad, right? So, you know, those five players that are in the squad represent 15% um, of the total total squad, right? 15% is not playing Super Rugby in Australia. To- and, and exactly, and perfect, and. I wonder if you compared the squads, the All Blacks versus the Wallaby squad now, how many of those players have signed overseas for next year, the percentage-wise? Because yeah. I know, like, Reese Hodge has, but I'm trying to think, like, who other Wallabies have signed contracts overseas for next year? I can't, off the top of my head, I know Reese Hodge. Mm. I'm looking yeah. at that squad, I don't think many have. Whereas yeah. if you look at that All Blacks squad, and again, people correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I'm fucking very wrong. Yeah. In this situation, Slipper's Nick just signed on. Australia. Nick White's re-signed. Hello, yeah, so I was about to say Slipper, Slipper's re-signed. re-signed. Yeah. Um, I'm looking... Pete Samu. Pete Samu, there you go. There's another one. Um, I know yeah. has signed overseas. But again, it's very limited. So if you take that 85%, there might be 80% of the squad are going to be here next year. The All Black squad, mm-hmm. I would I would, I would, would figure that number to be lower. So, look, yeah. again, as much people are crying and complaining and, like, we're doing the ghetto law to stop, you know, to help Super Rugby, This the, the, they've built a squad that is going to be in Super Rugby next year, whereas the All yep. Blacks squad may not be. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. Continuing on with the Wallabies, it's a very Wallabies-heavy podcast this week because they've named their squad be. and... Well, fuck. We can talk about them when they lose the bladders, like. And they've dropped their jersey. What yep. do you make of the jersey, my friend? I do not like the alternative, but they—they're yeah, not going to be—they're not going to be wearing it much at all. I think if they yes. play Romania, so the gold and green. What do you make of it? Uh look. I like. I like how sort of simple it is. You know, it's odd not seeing a big sponsor on the front, you know, no Qantas, no Cadbury, I guess. Uh, but I still do quite like, yeah, the alternate Jersey really don't like the white. Mm-hmm. Like it looks like a sideline shirt, you, yeah. you know, um, I much preferred the deeper green. Totally. I've actually got that Jersey, uh, I think with the indigenous fans on it. It's really nice, you know, but it's, yeah, it's very simple. The, the Wallabies Jersey, very understated, which I kind of like, which sort of speaks about the Wallabies, themselves um going into this in this world cup i guess you know there's they're not the favorites of the tournament they're not even you know favorites to make it to a semi-final or anything like that uh so i i think it, it, it's it's perfect i do think it looks a little bit 
soccer-ish with the with the green collar all the way around. You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, if you just, if I'm sort of comparing it to previous years, there hasn't been the full green collar all the way around, um, and that yeah, it just it, it's been sort of just like the side parts. Yeah. Um, and especially even compared to like the warm up t shirt and stuff for this year, just the full green color all the way around. I, I don't know. Okay, it just it looks a bit looks a bit ish to me. Um, but that's the only complaint I really I could I could say I have. You know. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. There's there's not there's not much else I could say about it. It lo- it looks good. I mean, I still really love like the old like nineties and two thousands jerseys for the Wallabies. I think that was sort of the that was, yeah. I, might, I might have an example, actually. Yeah. I mean, while you're gone, I'm going to keep talking. And, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. One of these. One of these beauties. Yeah. See, those those are nice. That is a nice jersey. Yeah. Very simple. Yeah. I like, I would like, uh, like, I would love a good, bring a collar back. I, I would love a collar yeah. for the Wallabies jerseys. Um, I would you're love. So, a, a you could pull someone's collar down and threaten to kill them. I would love, I would love, the only thing I would love more for this one is some detail on the green around. Yeah. That's about it. I, I again, and I, I'm not a big fan of the, the green around, um, the shape of it or either around the collar, but, um, yeah, look, I'm definitely, I think it, yeah, it sticks to the roots as well, but I'll, I have to, I'm going to have to look at the, uh, Socceroos jersey after and compare that because I don't know what it looks like, but. I, I'm looking at the Socceroos jersey now. It is very, very similar. I mean, of course, you sort of want that to be for your national team. The Socceroos actually don't have a gold, uh, a green collar, but they do have the thick green band around the end oh, of the sleeve. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but even like the old oh, school. Oh, I know. I guess the one from this latest World Cup, the one from the latest World Cup, they do have a green collar. So The yeah. old school one, though, definitely does. Yeah. That's what I'm looking at. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I was looking at the, I there was see. a team photo from... From the last World Cup, it just it, yeah, it just reminds me of the Socceroos bit. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I can see that. Yeah, there's a there's a picture I've got here. Socceroos shirt, new kid ahead of the FIFA World Cup in Qatar, and it looks like a it looks they look exactly the same, really. Like that is that is that, that looks like. Yeah, like that's pretty much it. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, you could see it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can definitely see it now. I mean, when I, I'm looking at images of the Socceroos jersey and it's coming out with the Wallabies jersey picture, so that should tell so, you how yeah. similar they are. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I, yeah, I don't like it. Could have been done better. Could have been done yeah. better. That and some more green around the uh, armbands, and I, I'd i be a big fan. But Yeah, yeah. 100%. It's just, yeah. I mean, I still like it. It's still the colours. Yeah, just a little bit less green around the collar, I think, would have been better. Like, I look quite like the ones from last year, actually. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not against what you've just said. Um, however, let's jump into the coach's corner now. Mm-hmm. Coach, obviously, on everyone's lips this week is Eddie fucking Jones. I, I have, I have, I have something for this. Yes, right? I have me with it. This. Okay. I proposed a theory a while back. <laughs> Everyone said I was crazy. Everyone said I was crazy. In the same week that Eddie Jones has said he's got three to four league players interested in coming across the rugby, who has asked for a release from their club? Ben Hunt. He's <sighs> he's on he's on the hit list. That's what everyone thinks. Oh, Ben Hunt wants to go to Broncos, or Ben Hunt wants to go to Titans. Why would he want to do that? Why would he's play? Why would he not want to go to the Wallabies? He could still go to Queensland. You know, 
the the Queensland Reds, they'd love to have him there. Him and Tate McDermott, dynamic duo there in the in the halfback, you know, a la Nick White and Ryan Lonergan, you know. Mm-hmm. He'd still go off to Queensland and live with his family up there, but he gets to play in a World Cup. He gets to play in British and Irish Lions to it, right? Imagine playing in the World Rugby League World Cup in 2022 and the Rugby Union World Cup in 2023. Amazing. Amazing. What a what a story that would be. So you know, people called me crazy. People called me crazy. People call me crazy. I'm just saying the the facts are there if you just look at them in the right way. <laughs> you know? That sounded like a conspiracy theorist if I've ever seen it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The facts are there if you look at it the right way. Look, I don't yeah. think that's gonna happen, but I do like <laughs> I do like that you've come and, and the opportunity sits there, which is surprising, more surprising than anyone else. When you first pitched that idea to me, I loved the idea. Thought it would never happen in a million years. Now I'm down to about a thousand years. I'm down to about a thousand yeah. years. That's where I'm looking now. Like yep. maybe it mm-hmm. could happen. Where do yep. things have happened? It's a thousand percent. That's a thousand times increase. You know I'll exactly. You take that. You take that any day of the week. So. It's a numbers game. It's a numbers game. <laughs> throw enough darts at the dartboard, eventually you hit a bullseye. You know. Who do you, who do you honestly think these three to four players are? <sighs> it's tough. Uh, I honestly, there's such a right, wide range of people who it could be. Um, I'm thinking some outside side back. There's going to be probably some names that we're not really thinking of. I think Will Penasini is probably one of them. That literally, he's been who I before. just brought up to see if he's, yeah. when's he signed? Has he signed a contract? Um, I'm not sure. And then other than that, um, I don't know. Maybe Cal- maybe Cameron Murray. Uh, maybe Crichton, Angus Crichton. I I don't know though. It's there's probably some real fringe players players that we don't really talk about that much that are probably on his hit list. Yeah. Uh, yeah There'll be some I, players I that, yeah, he's handpicked. And again, like Corey Tool is a great example though. And yeah. fuck, I mean, but I've forgotten his name. The young gun that's absolutely killing it for you, just killed it for your under twenties um, who played sevens. What's his name? I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Under twenties winger. Um, um, you know, talk about uh, on a Tom Tom Linder's the first five, isn't it? Yeah, Tom Linder. Darby Lancaster, Darby Lancaster. So played sevens. Now just had a really oh, good yeah. game for under twenties. It shows that you know your wallabies should come from all walks of life. Like yeah. Dylan Peach is a great example coming from sevens. Now you know Mark Marky Mark played in sevens now a, a wallaby and the same thing happened with the all black sevens for for a very long time they were played there were good enough made the all blacks Artie Sevilla Rico Ioane all played the sevens tournament so I think like league it's not going to be far away where you get a Corey Tool who you know didn't was, was very good for the Australian Sevens, you know, brought them a title, but not the biggest name in the world, but then has now stood out where he would have been very much in consideration for this Wallabies team. It'll be a player like that that you're probably not thinking so much of and all of a sudden he selects him and it'll, it'll turn into gold. So, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see who those three and four players are or if Eddie's just winding us up again, keeping it relevant, you know, keeping mm, the, yeah. the, the the leagueies on their on their toes to make sure, look, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still here, we're still looking, we've got some names ready. Um, but I think, yeah, I think of the three to four league players, that'll be for the 2027 World Cup. I think he'll be really looking at that with those three to four that he pulls in. Very a la um, Sailor, Kerry, Matty Rogers-like players. Just quickly, because yeah. we uh, talked about it, the Under-20 World Cup is happening right, uh, right now. New Zealand came from behind to beat Wales 27-26. Aussie bet Fiji 
in a 90-point game, I think it was, or 70-point game, 46-37. And France absolutely demolished the Japanese under 20 um, and look like now the favourites going into it, in my opinion. Um, but it played in South Africa. I'm loving seeing some under 20 guys, the next generation coming through, looking very likely. Mm, very nice. I'm just looking here further, and maybe I missed something. Mm-hmm. But uh, just going back, circling back to the Wallabies here quickly, because... As you always do. Yeah. Uh, Noah Lolisi is not even in the train-on squad for the I, Wallabies. So he's been excluded from that as well. So the backs for that are Lockie Anderson, Jock Campbell, Filippo Dungunu, Isaac Finez, Lelewasa, Josh Fluke, Bernard Foley, Jake Gordon, James O'Connor, Hunter Paisami, James Tuttle, and Joey Walton. But no, no, no yeah, well, they've gone yeah. Foley over him. Yeah, Fo- yeah, Foley and O'Connor. I honestly, yeah. I, I think, I reckon the 10 ranks at the moment go Quade Cooper, Carter Gordon, Bernard Foley, Ben Donaldson, O'Connor. Mm. And I think yeah. Foley, the only reason he didn't push for Foley's dispensation is he wants to see Carter Gordon. But if push comes yeah. to sub and push comes to shove and Carter Gordon isn't ready for the World Cup, he'll select Bernard Foley. I reckon he'll get he'll six. Bernard Foley, Foley and, and drop Arnold. I, I wouldn't surprise me if he gets all six if he really wanted to. Yeah. If 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 no team puts their hand up, it wouldn't yeah. surprise me if he goes, let's take both of them and rugby Australia go, yeah, why why the bloody hell not? Like as yeah, much it's as it's a World Cup, it's yeah. a World Cup. Like we've, he's done everything right. He selected Carter Gordon and Ben Donaldson for this one. Mm-hmm. He's done. He, he's if they can't play up to that level, we need someone who will. And if, if yeah. Foley, so that's why I think he's got Foley in there. And yeah, I, I, honestly, Noah Lolosio, Um I hope he can get back, and this gives him a, a, a big push. But look, he he was back behind Jack Debrusini at the end of the season. He he needs to show something. Um, to, to, to show his worth for, for Australia rugby, yep. you know? 100%. Let's leave it on that. 12 days until yep. the rugby championship. So next week will really Go. be our building process to it. Um, we've got a couple of cool things planned. Some voting will come out this week for our Super Rugby Awards. We'll have an award show mm-hmm. for that. And we've got some cool Bledisloe slow ideas coming. So stay tuned for that. But for now, thank you for joining myself and Husey. We have been That Rugby Podcast. We will see you next week. Bye. Peace.